Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. This season of the No BS Pod is proudly brought to you by our friends Beyond and Costco. Beyond offers you the tools you need to get, grow, and optimize your revenue. And Casago's best-in-class tech streamlines operations for the local traditional vacation rental management company, making them the local heroes with a global presence. Our podcast is not possible without the generosity of our sponsors. Make sure to check out their exclusive offers specifically geared for our No BS listeners. Mormite, how are you, man? Oh, man, I am. Actually, I'm really good, man. I am fresh back uh, from Puerto Rico relaxed a little bit had a little bit of a scare dude like <laughs> actually rolls into what we're going to talk about with our guests and stuff today had a little accident uh out in puerto rico a little slip fall head crack stitches uh, for my mom uh, yeah, you're telling me stuff. about that last night man that's yeah she, she's good though she's, she's good. good she's yeah surprisingly at 78 years strong 12 stitches 12 stitches later uh um, she's upstairs dancing right now i can actually hear it. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she's all right but it was a little bit scary and actually i was like you know, when those instances of, you know, being in the industry and of course you stayed in a short-term rental and stay in a hotel, you know, those things are, are real life situations. Right. Hospitals in a foreign land and, you know, Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the United States, but it is, you know, it's not equal on those terms yet, um, but got really good care. But it was one of those things where you were just like, wow, you're never really prepared for that. Right. <laughs> shit happens, but you yeah, know, I, I'm really glad, happens. I'm glad it turned out the right way. It is. And um, had a great trip though, and was uh, uh, great to be back. Super energized. Think I'm a little tanner, if that's possible. Well, you, you look you look more relaxed. You look like I, you, I definitely you am. Had, needed that. We were able to decompress a little bit. Um, I needed uh, needed some Puerto Rico. Needed to be with my people for a little bit. So it was good. That's good. That's good. We uh, huge week last week for us. Uh, still, yeah. you know, the biggest episode uh, for biggest first week ever for uh, the No BS Short Term Rental Podcast yeah. with the Vacasa interview. Uh, shout out to Vacasa and uh, JB yeah. for jumping on. Also, want to go ahead and give a give a shout out to our our new sponsors, which you've already heard, but we're really excited that both at Casago. And, and beyond, yeah, yeah, and yeah. beyond have jumped on with us. So really excited about that. Grateful. But without further ado, season two, season three, episode two, with the mm. one and only, we have an amazing guest, Corinne Oki, VP yeah. of Client Experience at Breezeway. Thanks so much for joining us, Corinne. Welcome, I'm Corinne. So excited to be here. Thanks, guys. We were talking pre pre uh, you know hitting record here about we talk often on the podcast about why we do this podcast the way we do it and why it's not a tips and tricks and and it all started when Mateo and I met in Gatlinburg back at a VRM Intel event uh, five and a half years ago I I'm assuming now that's about that seems about right um, I was with Ascent uh, you were with Rented at the time. Uh, we were both like doe-eyed fresh into the industry, just yeah. like going like, what the hell is going on here? And in Gatlinburg of all places, which is like a little, little weird if you've never been to Gatlinburg before, it's, it's, it's definitely an experience all on its own. And so we talk a lot about, about us meeting, but the, the most interesting thing, Corinne, is that you were actually 
the first person outside of uh, my my team at Ascent that I ever met in the industry. Before the event, we had lunch. Do you remember yes, that? I remember. I remember um, with Christine. Yes. Yes. So I don't shout remember out to where Christine. we were, but I can picture it. Yeah. I can't remember either. It was uh, actually, I, I remember the restaurant. It was, I, I don't know the road, but it, we went down this, it was on the left-hand side next to an yeah. ice cream shop or, or something like that. I don't know. Absolutely. And she's like, <laughs> I'm going to bring my, my new colleague, John. And I was like, okay, sure. And I knew Christine um, from her prior life before she joined Ascent. And we were very close when she was a client of mine um, when she was with uh, Jackson Mountain Homes. So right. it was just sort of a meld. And, and yeah, the first first time that we met. And that feels like a long time ago. And I'm glad I didn't scare you off. Well, a little, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit. It was interesting though, because like, I think at that time you were relatively fresh into breeds. And we want to talk about the Corinne story. We want to get to know you (laughs) and, and, you know, obviously, you, you know, from you didn't just start at Breezeway out of the blue, you know, like you had years of experience um, in the industry prior to that. But I think, you know, you were probably just a few months in to Breezeway at that time. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah, I started with Breezeway in 2017. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it was probably maybe a year, the the, the second year that we were that we were operating. So, yeah, it had been it it was um, it was definitely early on in the in the Breezeway um, Breezeway timeline. So. How did you get into, I mean, we all have that like stumbled into the, you know, the short-term rental space, you know, story, you know, but how did you, you know, you're, you're no longer Boston. We'll talk about that, but, but you were years in Boston, um, you know, you know, I should be, I'm actually wearing the wrong hat today. Um, (laughs) There you go. Supporting the hometown pride. There you go. Um, But how did you come stumble into the industry? I mean, you spend almost seven years at Flipkey, but prior yeah. to like, like what got you into that? And let, let's talk about that, your know, transition and your. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I think you're right. Everybody in this industry stumbles into it. I, you know, whether it's, I had a property, I started a property management company because I couldn't find somebody to do it or um, my scenario, you know, so I, I grew up in Ohio, went to college in Ohio, moved to Boston, uh, was working at a big Fortune 500 company, and then really just wasn't happy. I, you know, I was young in a new city, wanted to meet people, and um, moved over and started working at um, Boston Magazine, which was like the you know the city magazine. They had a couple of brands, and um, and it was at my at my place in life, it was amazing. Um, but I was there for about five years, and sort of getting antsy. You know, there wasn't a lot of additional growth opportunity. And was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, start looking. And I had a friend who was, who was also looking and she came back from an interview and she said, so I just interviewed at this company. I don't want the job, but it might be something that you want. And I guess hindsight, like, why didn't you want the job? You know, why did you think I would want it, but you might not. Um, and, and that was sort of the, the way that I, I fell into. So I, I guess I owe that friend um, a, a lot of credit and gratitude because that's how I fell into the industry, ended up doing, um, ended up, you know, doing some interviews and joining the team at Flipkey as the eighth employee at that time. So um, the tra- the acquisition by TripAdvisor, we were majority owned by them um, mm-hmm. when I actually joined, um, but we still fully operated on our own and we did so for about four and a half years. And really, I learned this industry, you know, I, I don't even think, and I think it's probably true for so many of us, 
when we're younger that we we stayed in vacation rentals, but we didn't really know that's what they were, right? When I grew up, we went to Ocean City, Maryland, and we always stayed in in like condos, but it was like the hotel. And that's sort of what my parents always referred to it. And now looking back, I'm like, I've been in vacation rentals and been staying in vacation rentals for, uh, you know, as long as I can remember. And so I sort of fell into it that way. And, and yeah, I spent almost seven years at Flipkey and, and then we would ultimately go on to be fully acquired and, and um, sort of rebranded as TripAdvisor Vacation Rentals. Um, took about a year and a half off and then- Can, can we pause for just one second? Yeah. I want to I pause about Flipkey because the, if you think about those eight, you were the eighth employee at, at Flipkey. Yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, these are some players in the space, even today. I mean, one you're still working with, or maybe, you know, but let me, who were these, these eight, like who of these eight are still in the space and where are they now? Um, let's see. So uh, one of the founders, so there were three founders of Flipkey, um, TJ Mahoney, Carl Query, and Jeremy Gall. And Jeremy is still in, in the VR space. He's right. the founder of Breezeway. Um, right. He went on after after leaving um, after selling and then leaving Flipkey to mm-hmm. uh, to found Breezeway. Uh, TJ's doing some investment and VC. Uh, there were a couple of engineers, um, one of which actually was um, one of the co-founders with Jeremy, and he really came in and did a lot of the technical work that sort of created Breezeway. So okay. um, he was one of the first engineers from Flipkey. Uh, and then there was, I think, a product, a product guy who's kind of gone on to do a lot of tech. And and then some folks who are listening might remember um, Brian Goodwin, who left and, and then went and started selling uh, beer delivery. Um, and what about, was, was David Cornblit? Was he part of that too back then, Cornbread? David started, yeah, he started a few years later. Okay. Um, but yeah, he um, he was definitely there. And he's no longer in the space. He's no longer he, in the VR he's, space. He's moved either. on after yeah. exploring and, and moved on, but interesting. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I just said, I, I knew there were some, some people there that, uh, and I just kind of wanted to wrap my head around it a little yeah, bit Yeah, yeah, I, I think the one most people will probably know um, is Jeremy. Uh, he's, you know, he's been around, I think his first VRMA conference might have been like 2006. Um, and he's spoken and, and been involved um, pretty, pretty significantly over the last, what is that, 16, 18 years. So yeah, it's, it's just, just a couple of years. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> hey, you're um, not on the accounting team. At Breezeway, no, definitely day. not. Definitely <laughs> not. I had, I do not wear, um, but thankfully for everyone. <laughs> Okay, so I, I apologize for pausing. So, so the yeah. flip key went. You, you, you know, almost seven years there. You, you, you had a little. You got out. I got out. I thought I was done, and um, I went to a small startup that did influencer marketing, and I realized very quickly that like I'd much rather be talking about vacation rentals than the shade of lipstick that people were wearing. I, it wasn't my jam. I wasn't, I wasn't a YouTube fanatic, um, but I really missed. And, you know, we talk about as a, as a VR industry, the fragmentation, right. That has, has sort of historically existed. The, the industry, you know, the, the influencer marketing space that I was in for a short time is even more fragmented. And I, I really missed very quickly the camaraderie and the collaborative nature that that exists within VR. And so I got a call in 2016 from Jeremy and and I, I always laugh about this because I, I 
pretty, I believe pretty significantly. And like, you know, things happen for a reason and there are signs about why you should or shouldn't do things. And my very first VRMA conference was at Wild Horse Pass in Chandler, Arizona, um, 2008. It was my very first VRMA. And the year that Jeremy called me and said, hey, what are you doing in October? Um, I want to go, you know, kind of, you know, meet up with some of our old friends in the VR industry and show them what we've been building at Breezeway. In 2016, VRMA was at Wild Horse Pass in Chandler, Arizona. And I thought, wow, this is really full circle. This was my first VRMA with Flipkey and now my first VRMA. 10 years with, later. Uh, with wow. Breezeway eight years <laughs> later. Yeah. That's insane. Um, yeah, really which is wild. And so I, I joined the team. Um, I was actually the first employee there. Um, and I think we're up to about 60-ish people now, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> In about five and a half years. Yeah. Have you spent hours determining what rate you should charge at your short-term rental property? Of course you have. This is a huge part of the vacation rental business, and it can be tricky knowing if your place is on par with other properties in the area. But now you don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. And that's because it's so much easier pricing out your properties with Beyond Pricing. Here's how it works. Beyond uses a dynamic pricing tool along with in-depth market research to make sure your property gets valued exactly how it should be. They take dozens of factors into account, including your property's location, other rental rates in the area, any amenities on your property, nearby attractions, all of the things that most of us just wouldn't think about when pricing our own properties. That way you don't miss out on profits and your guests feel confident in the rate that they're paying so they come back again and again and again. That's a win-win and it gets even better. Beyond's platform is easy to use so you can save time and think about other areas of your business or enjoy your free time a little more now that you won't be stressing out about the rate you're charging. There's a reason why hundreds of single and multi-property owners trust Beyond's platform to determine what they should charge their guests. Beyond is dedicated to the short-term rental community. It's where their business was born and it's where they intend to stay. Don't wait, get the profits you deserve. Go to gobeyondpricing.com forward slash no dash BS for a free portfolio assessment and a $30 credit when you sign up. That's G-O-B-E-Y-O-N-D-P-R-I-C-I-N-G forward slash N-O dash BS. Thanks for listening. And now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and you've in in like all companies that that are going through this 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 crazy scale and this crazy growth, you know, it, it's interesting to see who has stayed and who has gone and the churn that that happens. But it's always you know it's always for the better, especially during this this time of the resignation era over through COVID. You know, like you like. Obviously, I spent a couple of years at Travelnet. I was, yeah. you know, my time was, I, my two years was done and I moved on to, and I wouldn't say bigger and better. I, well, I'm going to say better right now, but um, it's interesting to see the, these life cycles of, of people in this space. And, you know, there, there's some, you know, I can think of like Adam Norco, who's, who's, who left you all and is doing super successful things over at Inhabit right now. Yeah. And th- there's, there's tons of, uh, you guys built a, a great team and you still have an amazing team. It's it's nice to see what you guys are doing. Well, I, I think it's a testament to to the industry, right? Because especially as you said with this, like the resignation era, right? Like if you're not working with people that you enjoy working with, whether it's your your colleague or your client, that's that's what's gonna spur that, right? Like if you were working with a bunch of jerks, nobody's gonna wanna like have conversations. But we're really lucky in this space that like, you know 
95% of the time, sometimes there are people that are frustrated and, and, and upset about something, but, you know, 95% of the time we're able to like really provide a service that, that makes people's business better. And, and then, you know, you feel good about doing that, or you feel good about being able to solve a problem that they're having sometimes not as quickly as you want, but, but ultimately being able to give them that, that interaction and that support to, you know, to continue to move forward. And I think, you know, we've seen that we've built an incredible team. I mean, I, I moved over when I started at, at Breezeway, I was, Mateo, you said, that's not the, that's not the role you wear at Breezeway. But when I started, I was doing like billing and product and marketing. I mean, I wasn't doing it all, but I was influencing it and sales and support and onboarding. And I'm not the right, I couldn't even figure out how many years that was. I'm not the one that should be billing anybody. We have people that know a lot more about that now, but you know, we've, we've built a really strong team and, and we've grown substantially and, and that has been great, but it's also been great because some of the people that we did bring in have sort of taken on different roles within the company. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, again, that sort of speaks to, you know, the industry and the culture that, that we've been able to sort of create. And that's, but that's startup life too, right? Yeah. Like it's, uh, <laughs> everyone's a Swiss army knife to a certain extent, right? Because you have to, you know, even if you're not the best of that tool, you're enough and not tool in the bad sense, but like, <laughs> oh, it's a great point. Um, but, you know, again, everyone's playing different roles and has, you know, a, a broad enough skill set to, to get it done and push forward. Right. And, you know, we did it and rented and, and, you know, with that ease of what we're doing now, it's the same thing. And it's, it's, it's exciting looking at the future too, and knowing that change is part of growth. Right. right. And, you know, talk to us a little bit about what you've seen and, and, and what has excited you with the growth that you've seen and been a part of at Breezeway, because you guys do a lot um, and you, you have a large yeah. offering. And oftentimes that can be detrimental to companies. Right. When, you know, investors and other people want you to dial into one thing and be good at one thing instead of, you know, having a broad offering um, that customers can take advantage of. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. So when when we talk about when we talk, when I talk about what Breezeway has, right, we basically have three sort of segments within our business. We have our operations tool. It's what we came out of the gate with. It's what a lot of people know the product for. Um, in 2019, we also launched um, a messaging product. So it allows folks to interact via SMS through automation directly with their guests and, and a lot of our integrations with the PMS companies make that really, really easy for them. And then we also have our, our safety and certification program, which um, my, my colleague, Justin, who everybody knows um, yep. runs. And, um, and so we sort of have three different things and, and, you know, one of our sort of initial stances, I guess, if you will, right, was that we, we didn't, we wanted to focus on this operational piece of the business because there is just so much that it encompasses and, and that it sort of touches on. And, and, you know, I've told this story before, but when, when Jeremy kind of came up with and, and introduced this idea of our messaging product, right. The, the guest interaction, the guest, guest texting, I was sort of like, Oh, what are we doing? Like, this operations line has so much, right, that people need and, and so many pieces of it that we can still expand on. And I, you know, for me, 
and I, I hate admitting this on, on this podcast, but like Jeremy just sees such a bigger picture and he understands sort of where all the pieces line up. And, you know, his comment to me at the time was that like the, the guest texting piece after a guest arrives is an operational issue, right? They're, they're calling you because something, or they're, they're contacting you because something is wrong or they need support or, and, um, or, or they need somebody to come by or whatever that is. And so it's this natural integration that still focuses on the operational efficiency, but touches a little bit of a different need within the business. And so, um, I think that's sort of been, you know, that's been one of the things that has has helped us be successful is sort of keeping that mindset of like, we're really focused on the back of house, the operations folks, and giving them the tools they need to be more effective in their job. And then, you know, just listening, right? Listening to what our clients need and where their struggles are. For years, we heard about the challenges around tracking inventory, um, how that sort of impacted managers. And that is something that we were, you know, it's not, there's still ways to go and in, in, in iterations and improvements that can be made, but we now have that. And so I think that, and, and John, you know, you also know this from, from your experience, the more that you can listen to what your customers actually need and then build those things versus saying, I'm going to give you this thing that I think you need. Um, that makes it way easier to drive the adoption, but it also makes it way easier to actually have a true impact on their business. Um, sure. And so I think, you know, those are some of the things we've really kind of focused on, which I think have been helpful. You you mentioned uh, Jeremy's vision, right? And mm -hmm. earlier on here, and, and it brings me back to actually the probably six months after I met you is the first time I met uh, Jeremiah. And when we were I think it was in Charleston at a mind and dine event. And he, yeah. at that time he was doing a, uh, a presentation. It was all about Jeff Bezos. Like the whole presentation yeah, was, was about Bezos. And I'm like, this guy is out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but Holy shit, this stuff resonates. Like, like I get it. Like, yeah. like, like, but it's almost over my head. And I would still at that time trying to grasp the industry. And I'm like, what is he doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm sold. You know, I was sold at that. You know, that was still, I think you were there too. I think it was both you and, and Jeremiah, but it's interesting to like, you're talking about his vision and I mean, and it's always been that, you know, always, and I can, yeah. I could see how, how, when, when Jeremy reaches out to you and he says, Hey, you want to come and, you know, back, you know, eight years, 10 years, whatever that math was later back to, to air to Chandler to kind of go and, and meet up and kind of jump in on this journey again with me and, and talk about it. I could, I could see how that would be hard to say no, to work with, well, with someone that with, with, you know, because you guys had worked together in the past and you built right. something together and to, and to know that is his vision, you know, I don't want to sit here and like pray, like he's a smart dude. Smart guy. Yeah. You know, but you know, I think the other thing is, is that like, I, I mean, I, in my head, I remember thinking like, Okay. And, and kind of having like a, a hard time because I'm thinking like, okay, I hear what you're saying, right? I hear what this concept is and conceptually what you want to give and what you want to build. But in my head, I kept thinking they're already doing this, right? Like they're already turning properties over. They're already, and it, it really and truly wasn't until like he and I started, like we went to lunch and we started talking through it a lot more. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I only understand the front end marketing side from my time at Flipkey, right? And I remember all we, all I ever really knew about like housekeeping and maintenance and things like that were those things that were brought up in reviews. And I didn't really understand the complexity 
around what managers were doing in the back, in, in the back. And like, yeah, they were doing it, you know, quote unquote, but like, it was painful. And, you know, the, the appetite and the excitement from folks when, when we introduced what, what they were sort of contemplating and, and putting together was, was palpable. And, and I left there, you know, I sort of went to it thinking like, oh, I'll go and I'll help them out. And, you know, I'll get to see some old friends. And um, by the end of the conference, I was like, yeah, no, like this is going to be great. And right. so it was, it was really cool, but I, you know, that full circle moment to be able to be like, all right, here we are. So I don't know when they're going back to Chandler, but um, hopefully not for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good sign. It's always a change for you. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Maybe it is a good sign. Who knows? Hey, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Casago. And we... John, you mean Casago. No, I meant Casago. John, that's not how you say it. You got to get our sponsor's name right, man. Anyway, as I was saying before I got cut off, this episode is brought to you by Casago. And if you haven't heard of them, then here's the deal. Casago helps bring the biggest tech and strategy to the local operators so they can take on the big players. Casago's franchise model really does streamline the operations of the local and traditional vacation rental management company, making them the local heroes with a global presence. And the industry changing as much as it has, Casago's not only bringing these high-powered tools to the local operators, but they're also creating something even more powerful by making sure everyone is in the community and constantly learning from different markets and operators. We tell you this because they've joined us to get this exclusive offer just for checking them out a little bit more. Go to casago.com forward slash no BS. That is C-A-S-A-G-O dot C-O-M forward slash N-O-B-S to book your discovery call. What's included, you ask? A review of your business operation expenses to identify where you can save money, information on how to partner with Casago or Casago to scale your company, and a free $100 Amazon gift card for attending their one-hour discovery call. Now let's get back to the pod. So it's Casago. No, no, it's for sure Casago. You have no idea what you're talking about. It's Casago. No, dude, you're wrong. You're on. Whatever. Let's get back to the business. Let's talk. You know, we, we know what Breezeway is. It's it's you know you you mentioned that you, you've talked about where you are. Like there, you mentioned that that there are other. You know, why come in and do something when others are already doing this? There's already processes in place and for for operations. But now now you've come in and and you set as in Breezeway set the gold standard. You know, I know from working with Track you know, track head, you know, a, a solid operations, but, you know, there was, there was things that I felt that we did, we track did uh, decently uh, or, or comparable, but there's definitely things that Breezeway did overall in the operation that was the gold standard. You know, there's things that, that I, I feel that we were trying to replicate. And again, this is my opinion, not track's opinion, <laughs> but we were trying to go ahead and repli- replicate because you definitely had the gold standard. Like, where do you go now? Because as the gold standard, you know, imitation is, is, you know, flattery, right. But there's a lot of going, oh shit, Breezeway's doing it this way. And they have a lot of clients and they're making people happy. We need to be able to offer these same things and we need to be able to do it uh, less expensive, or we need to be able to do it, you know, offer it this way or part of a subscription, you know, a different model. Like how are you combating that? Um, so I, I will, I will say, I always use the analogy and, and listen, we have 
we have great partners and, and track obviously is one of them. Um, and it's, it's, instrumental to the success of, of our business and, and that of our clients, of course, um, and our, our clients being able to use the platform. So I, I'm not, I, I don't knock any of the PMSs. I don't, I'm glad that we're not a PMS because you're asked to do a lot for your clients. And for us, we're asked to do a lot, but solely focused on this one part of the business. And, and so I'm very grateful for that. But I always use the analogy of like, it's the same reason that you have a PCP and an ear, nose and throat or you have an eye doctor and an optom and an ophthalmologist or a glaucoma specialist or whatever it is, right. right? Like we get to be that player who plays nicely with your PMS to make your life easy, but is, is really focused on that. And so I think, you know, I think you're right. Imitation is flattery and it's great. And I, I, I agree. I think we were really fortunate to be able to set the sort of concept of property care. Like, I don't ever remember that really being like a phrase that, that people regularly used, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but I think for us, it's just about really listening to the clients and digging into the features that we have and continuing to improve on those. Um, because I think we have, you know, we have a really good foundation, but there's, there's more that can be done, right? Giving mm -hmm. our, giving clients more flexibility around how they schedule or what they schedule or when it gets scheduled, um, you know, making some things be a little bit more cohesive, driving some additional um, value around reporting to homeowners and things like that. So I think it's just sort of looking at the um, the offerings that we have today and just sort of taking them to the next level because, you know, we're really fortunate that, that the baseline that we've, we've already built mm -hmm. is, is pretty um, pretty impactful for, for clients' businesses. I agree. So one of the interesting things that I think in your role specifically, right, like dealing with the experience of, of your customers and in that space, talk to me about your feedback loop. Like, how are you keeping that authentic and keeping that engaged so you actually know? Because a lot of times, right, when you're, you're, other parts of the business are removed, right, and you get to directly interact and hear yeah. and, and, and get that feedback um, around your product and around what you're doing. Like, talk to us about what, what, how do you do that part of your job and ensure that you're actually engaging with the customer in a very real manner with the things that are important to them versus oftentimes what a lot of companies do, they project, right? Like, yeah, oh, this is what's important, is important to the customer and the customer's like, no, it's not what's important to me at all. And it's complicated. I understand yeah. that part, but I-, I Well, and, and the use case is complicated, right? It's like, right. I want to do this thing and I can have a five minute conversation with someone and they can say, this is what I want it to do. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I understand it. And I'm relaying that back to the product team. And they're like, but what about this, this and that? And I'm like, oh, I didn't ask those questions. Right. So, right. so we, we have a, a pretty robust way that we do it. We have a, um, a platform that we use, which is literally all around collecting um, user feedback. And, and that is, is something that internally our team uses to communicate that information back to the, the product team, but actually built in within Breezeway's product, there is a product portal. And so at any time our clients can go in, they can see what we're looking for information on. They can provide feedback. They can see things that we're working on, things that are about to come up into beta. They can put in new suggestions and everything that gets put in there, just like if our team internally did it, gets directly funneled to the to the product team and then they're mm -hmm. looking at it sort of boiling it up and then saying okay there's enough there's enough interest in you know x 
to, you know, there's enough interest in a, another department within the platform that we should start, start exploring that. And then all of the people who have given that feedback then become um, sort of the folks that the product team is engaging with to say, right. okay, I understand that you told Corinne this, but I need to dig into it a little bit more and how does it really work? And so we collect the feedback and put it into that platform. They're reviewing it on a regular cadence and then doing direct outreach to those folks to actually have the conversations. Um, and there are some things, right, where, okay, I've heard that you want to, the clients want a fourth category in Breezeway's platform. I understand why they want it, like totally makes sense. You don't need to have those conversations, but there are other things that are, you know, I just talked to a client yesterday and she's like, oh, well, you know, when a, when a reservation goes from a checkout to a back-to-back, -back, you change it to my back-to-back -back work um, and that changes the cleaner. And it's like, okay. And, and for this client, right, they may want that to happen. They may want the cleaner to say, but for someone else, they may not. And so, you know, I'm the first to say, like, I have a good pulse on a lot of things that our clients want, but there are a lot that you've got to talk to them Mm -hmm. in order to get the right information it's use case like you yeah, unless they're actually so in the weeds doing it they're they're the ones that know and and you, you hit the nail on the head when you said like you're going to get some suggestions that are like one-offs that would only be a great right. suggestion for that one company because they do things a little bit backwards and it's not backwards to them but right. it's backwards to the majority of the industry and and because they're doing it this way they need this fix and maybe that's not a priority for you but overall, when you can take all this, this information and look at it and go, man, we're, we're 75% of the people really would love this product. And right. I, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say the other thing I think is also like, is being able to say, hey, we're, we're not going to do that, right? right. We're, we're not going to build that because you could give clients every option. I want it to do this or I don't. I want it to do this or I don't. But that very quickly becomes overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and Something then you, you can't manage choice like there, there's so many choices I don't know where to go so now I'm stopped and I don't do anything and so I think it's a fine line that every tech company has to um has to sort of ride um around like giving people what they they want and and understanding whether like I'm just saying this because I don't like the way it's happening and this is what I think it should do but also kind of trying to uncover what is the real problem that you're looking to solve and right. what is, what is that actual, you know, cause not just because it's the easiest option might not be the best one long-term for everyone. It's just a, you know, it's a quick band-aid fix. So kind of it trying also, to get to the root cause, I think is super important. And, and for us, that means, right. Having those conversations, getting beta users on as, as I'm sure it does for many, right. But being able to say, okay, yep, this works or this doesn't, or I need to tweak X, Y, or Z. So I think a lot of the, the the great points, first of all, and I think a lot of it to take it a step further is even going to go into like UX and UI, some user interface and user experience stuff mm -hmm. where, you know, you're talking about beta testing and you're talking like there's there's a lots of different things that on paper, you know, or in thought are, are a great idea. But then when you actually put it into practice or functionality on, say, your app or desktop or however you're doing it, and you're like, oh, this is just way too cumbersome. Or, you know, by doing this, like the, now the experience is shit, you know, because, you know, we weren't going in the, we were doing this amazing flow and it was doing this and everyone was happy. And now we've had this one little thing that's, and like, I don't think enough credit is given to like UX and UI teams uh, for yeah. truly driving this experience 
for our for our you know for the hopper for you know for any you know for Addies for breezeway for all of our companies like th that process and that that journey that they take is is as important as what you're offering mm -hmm. oh absolutely absolutely because if you're looking at something that's super clunky and doesn't make sense you're not going to get you're not going to get buy-in right? right you're going to be like well, this is too hard and and i have six other because because it's i mean and i don't know you know if you guys would necessarily like agree with me on this but like there are systems that that have existed that are like they're they either all they everything had to be in it right i remember 10 years ago when everyone was like if it doesn't integrate with escapia i'm not using it or or you know insert whatever software right. it was if it's not mm -hmm. in there if it's not a if it's not a light box or a widget or whatever i'm not doing it and i think we've as an industry grown to understand that like, hey, there's all of these amazing tools. And if we limit ourselves to being stuck in one, we're gonna miss some, some things that could be really impactful for our business. But it also means that if those, those really nice things that are impactful to the business aren't easy to use, you're not gonna use them. And you're, you're always gonna be in that one system. And, and I, I can add an exclamation <clears throat> Mark to that point, because as someone who, you know, managed and, and is managing recently, like, John, I, I say this a lot, and I, I, it's so true. You do not understand what these property managers go through until you've been in their shoes and had to work on their schedules and their times and use these products and, you know, entertain guests. And it's, yeah things that are nice in theory, but don't work well in the application of someone's business, they are not going to use it. Like it may be great. <laughs> it may work down the line, but if you can't get it to that point, you can forget about it. They just don't have time or the patience to, to execute on those things. It's just not where their, their time frame or mindset is. Um, yeah. Well, and I also think like it's, it's that buy-in, right? Anybody that's yeah. like looking, I always say this, if you're looking to invest in new technology, have the user who's going to be doing it actually involved in that process. Because right. if if you're like, oh, we're going to buy this and and I don't know. I mean, I know about how they schedule, but I don't really know how they schedule. And then you're like, here's this thing I bought you. And they're like, right. wait, what? Like, right. they're not, you know, to your point, Mateo, they're not going to use it. And then you've wasted your time, their time, you signed a contract on something like creates a whole lot more work and like um, get the buy-in from the end user before sure, you make those decisions. And, and I'm I sure that you're, when you're doing uh, demos with, uh, with your, your prospects or your potential clients, you know, the, the whole point, you know, you're going to get their housekeeping manager involved. You're going to get their operations manager involved in, in actually being a part of that, that demo process in, in, you know, getting their, you know, you talked about getting their buy-in, they have to see it. They have to see, you know, what do you like about it? What, you know, what's better? What isn't as good? Like, these are valuable right. things for you. They're like, hey, I use XYZ product and they do this. And I, I actually like it better than your product, but all these yeah, other things that you do are amazing. So I can kind of see, you know, these are just, it's part of that, that demo process, which, those that aren't on a vendor and, and are a buying situation don't understand like that dance, the vendor yeah. uh, demo dance. <laughs> but I, I think, right, like as, as, a, as the person who, you know, my team does all of the implementations for clients and, and I think you would be surprised at how often somebody who is gonna use this on a day-to-day -day is seeing a product for the first time after it's been purchased. And, you know, I, I, you're totally right. No software 
if you can find one, like I would love to see it. Like no software is going to check every box, right? There's always exactly. going to be the box that's half checked or, or not checked at all. And, and you have to prioritize what's most important for your business. People ask me all the time, what PMS should I use? What do you integrate best with? And it's like, you need to look at the PMSs, get mm -hmm. your top three, get your top five. And then I can talk to you about how our integration looks because right. if you solely base I mean, I'd love it if you solely base what PMS you buy off of how we integrate with them. But right. at the end of the day, that's that's the opposite of what you really want to do, right? right? Find something that works for your business and then- And then you know, at the end and of the day- At the end of the day too, forcing someone to, into doing something that's not a good fit, right? Like you yeah. know, a lot of this is relationships you know, in our industry, even at this level, right? Especially with your the tech providers you know, who are providing a crucial- crucial, you know, aspect of, of the business or, or solution for the business. And, you know, it takes an immense amount of time, right, to, to yeah. go through a sales cycle to get someone to purchase. And then, you know, it's not like it's just, oh, turn the switch on and turn the switch off. And, and you know, it, a lot of products don't work that way. So there's a lot of time, energy and money invested in, in going through these processes. And it's such a disappointment when you, you know, when people feel over, oversold or yeah. uh, and, and under delivered, right. And, it's, I think things are getting better. And, and from the property manager side of the business too, I think it's also been a learning process because even in the short time that I've been in this industry, I've, I've seen the advancement in, in tech and push towards tech and the adoption of this mm -hmm. technology. And, you know, it's, it's been a challenge and will continue to be a challenge, but it is getting better. And these processes and these products are getting better and they're working. Right. And we're seeing that and, and seeing the growth. So I think that's exciting. It's necessary too. It's necessary, especially with the, the, uh, right now the workforce in our space are, is diminishing. It's necessary for this tech to kind of step up and, and, and kind of, uh, pick up some of that slack that is necessary to, to keep these businesses running because, you know, 10 years ago, a, you know, a company that had a hundred units, you know, was running on potentially twice as many employees as they are today. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, these, the tech was necessary to go ahead and, and to keep these businesses running and, and not only profitable, but, you know, let's go back to, again, to the user and the guest experience. Um, that's obviously the most important because if you're not keeping your, your homeowners and your guests happy, you don't have a business anymore. Yeah. Well, and I, and I also think that like, there are, there are, are certain parts of the business where tech can make up for like the, you know, the, the, the lack of, of human resources, but operations is not one of them, right? Somebody mm -hmm. has to manually physically go out and clean and inspect or, or service, you know, things when they go out. And, and so when you think about like tech from that side of it, it's like, okay, how do I like make my people more effective and give my people what they need so that we're doing stuff right the first time versus having to do it multiple times. And, and I think that um, it, it's interesting, you know, I don't, I think don't know that there's a way where that part of the business doesn't or can't be fully reliant on, on people. And I, I know that's yeah. been one of the hardest things for managers in the last, you know, 12, 18 months, right. Is, is staffing and, you know, oh, you used to be able to work with two cleaners, but now you need five because right. they're only available half the time. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's hard. And keeping a quality, right. Keeping that standard yes. across the board, because in our industry operations and customer service go hand in hand, 
right? And customer satisfaction go hand in hand, because if your your operations can't execute, you're not going to have happy customers or customers at all. And, you know, it's a, it's a balance, which I'm excited to see. Um, yeah. You know. you know, it's, it's interesting. I, um, I did a panel, uh, gosh, it was probably two or three years ago now. I just sort of fell into it. Um, Amy, I know was doing it. She wasn't able to make the conference. She was like, can you do this for me? And I was like, sure. And, and, um, and one of the things, um, I remember the people that were on, I don't remember which one of them said it, so I, I won't be able to give them specific credit, but it was very much around recognizing that things aren't going to be perfect, mm. but making sure that people do things perfectly, right? That you mm -hmm. have the perfect execution of things because things are right. going to go wrong and, you know, a towel isn't going to be right, or you're going to miss a spot on the sink or, or whatever that is. Um, but giving your your team the tools to to execute perfectly, I thought was was really important because there's a very big um, disconnect sometimes between like I tell you I want this to be clean and you go clean it, and then I'm like that's not clean, right? If you're not if you're not giving them the tools to know what your expectations are, you're not going to be able to to be successful. And then your guest checks in, and then they're not you know not happy, and right. it just creates that that revolving circle that doesn't process happen. processes right. and SOP, you know, these are important things to, to keep things running. Hey, you mentioned Corinne earlier, you mentioned uh, products and you mentioned, you know, having influence from, from guests and from users to go ahead and, 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 and keep evolving the breezeway product overall. And you mentioned there's some things that are getting beta tested. Like what are you most excited about? that Breezeway is going to be coming out with, you know, in the near future, or it's right there, it's getting beta tested. What do you think, like, either you're most excited about or like your users or like future users are going to be most excited about with, with Breezeway? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so I will say we recently, recently, as in like Friday, launched the ability to translate the mobile app into like, we've always, not always, for the last like probably six to nine months, we've had the ability to like translate the like requirements, the like steps that need to be done. But we just on Friday launched what, what is, I don't know if it's like a common term, but what our team calls localization. And it's, it's currently supported in Spanish. And, and that's obviously one of the most requested language supports that, that we see. Mm. Um, so now a user could actually go into their app and change it so that everything is displaying in, in their local language of, of Spanish or their native language of Spanish. And I'm really excited about that because I think going back to, you know, what we talked about earlier, right? Making it easy for people to use is what drives success. And, and so if, if I'm asking you to, you know, I, you and I might be able to speak fine in an English conversation, but then I'm asking you to read English that puts a lot of unnecessary right. burden on a team that's already really stressed and is doing a lot in a condensed yeah. period of time. So I'm really excited about that. We got a, a lot of really positive feedback around that. And then, that's awesome, by the way, that's, that, yeah. that, that ties in the, into the inclusive, you know, in the inclusiveness in, in you as Breezeway, as a global company, you're pushing globally, you're in the EU, you're, you're, you're working in, on, I think it's 19 countries. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, so I'm assuming my, my assumption is that obviously, you know, Spanish is number one, but you're going to be going ahead and, and offering other options here um, sooner than later. Yeah. It's a big sense. undertaking, but the team, yeah. um, 
you know, we focused on, on Spanish and, and what we have now, I think is supported the, the localization. So the full app being translated is, is in Spanish, but you can change like the requirements. So like the things you need to do, what the manager says right. need done that can actually already be translated into it. We, you know, basically there's like 80 languages that are supported. So, you know, it's not perfect. It's not everything, but it does, you know, it does give folks, um, uh, it makes it a little bit easier if you're outside of the Spanish um, language, but, and um, yeah, it's, it's important, right? You've got people who are trying to do a lot and, and, and I think that's really exciting to, to be able to give them the, to, to deliver the product to them in the language that is, is preferred for them. But um, I'm, I'm actually really excited. We're doing a lot. The team is working really, really diligently. Um, you know, for us, we can't really release a lot of things in the middle of summer, right? So right. many companies are slammed and busy. So you're not going out like changing the product in like July yeah. and being like, oh, it, it doesn't work the same way now. People would literally <laughs> have murder us. Yeah. So, but we are, we're working on a lot of stuff that'll launch in the fall. And, and one of those things is an, an improvement and, and many enhancements to our scheduling and giving people the ability to sort of say, okay, these are, you know, I'll use um, like a, a company that operates in the Panhandle and in, in Breckenridge, right? This is the work that gets done on the Breckenridge properties versus the Panhandle properties. And we do this three days before arrival and this two days after departure and, and you know, really giving managers the ability to, to dig in and to even more granularly assign and, and complete work at the properties is going to be really really exciting. It's something that people um, have been clamoring for. And so I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to see that hit the ground um, this fall. So awesome. are we ready for conference season coming on the heels of, uh, of the high seasons in the summer? I hope so. Um, I don't have an exact release date, but they've been working no, on it for um, a couple of months. So I'm hoping, I would imagine it's a, it's a Q3, early Q4 release. So um, hopefully Andrew, my, my RVP of product isn't listening <laughs> and doesn't, doesn't get mad at me, but it's coming. It's, it's in beta, not in beta, but it's sort of out and we can sort of see it and play with it. Um, a lot of work, but again, it's, it's also one of those things, right? We're going to hold on to that until we're really confident because right. that scheduling piece is the crux of our system. So you release something that doesn't work a thousand percent and, you know, all yeah. hell breaks loose. Right. You know? Right. Um, so we want to make sure we want to, we may, may hold on to it longer than we might necessarily need, but, um, I'm really excited about that. It's something we hear from people a lot and, um, you know, we, we are able to sort of tailor it with like some of the stuff that we already do, but I think this is going to be a game changer for folks. It's awesome. Nice. Where are yeah. we going to see you next? We can see you. Uh, next up I'm at Darm. Uh, in Nashville yep. see you there. and shout out to we'll, Amy and yeah. the arm crew. Yeah. We'll see yes. you guys there. It's going to be a great event. Um, Amy always puts on great events, but, yeah. um, yes, she does. This, is, this is going to be pretty awesome. And everybody loves Nashville, right? Um, wrong in Nashville. Yeah. And then Breck for the VRMA connect at the end of August. And then, you know, the usual suspects all, all throughout the fall. Oh, uh, it's uh September is a shit show. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's I just um I really just asked me for right. my calendar and she was like that that's a, a lot of travel and I was like yeah, it is. in fact I think so, I think from August through October it's just it's nonstop, you know. Well, I we think saw I, the RMA added Annapolis now too. Yes, December 5th. 
Mm. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Stretch it out a little longer there. Yeah, there let's just keep going all the Stretch way to Christmas. An interesting one. Yeah. 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 yeah, Annapolis will be interesting. I think there's a... Um, you know, there's that that whole the tri-state area and that whole eastern seaboard. There's so many operators, yeah. and and there hasn't really been an event over there. No, that I no, they they, no, they go up and do some us, stuff in New England, East. but but never yeah. south. I mean, the nice thing you're going to be able to cover Shinkatig, you know, all of Maryland, you know, Ocean City, that that whole area there, the Jersey, Norfolk, Virginia yeah. Beach, all those Virginia yeah, places. Yeah, these are They're like overlit. this is our this is our uh, this is our great. This is the best spot for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, for yes, but also for the industry too, because what we yeah. found out is, I mean, there's a lot. There's industry there, right? That's yes, That's military, absolutely, right. But in, on the other side of our business, there's short term, you know, and vacation rental managers in that space and a lot of overlooked um you know people in that space so it'd be good to shine some light there and get them some resources and yeah. get them to uh the industry uh, yeah it's it's great it's it's wild there's just i think we're seeing is as an industry right so many new faces yeah so yeah. many new faces and it, it's pretty exciting um I'm not going to lie. It makes me feel like I've been doing this for a really long time. I'm like, I don't know half the people in this room, um, no. but I just have to find them and meet them. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah. That's what it's Some all about. Opportunities right? for sure. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. That's, that's why, that's, that's why we enjoying. do what we do. This is a, uh, it's a highlight of our week. Yeah. Hey, Corinne, thank great. you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. Yeah, it was awesome, awesome getting to know you. It was awesome getting to, uh, to talk a little bit about Breezeway and where you're going and in your journey to there. So really excited that you joined our show and, uh, until next time. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you, uh, this fall. Absolutely. Have a great week. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.